Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 91. I'm Scott Davenport. Today, the odd connections I make between assassin movies and my photography. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this shared passion of ours. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. All right, confession time. I have this thing for assassin movies. You know, those movies with the incredibly skilled and efficient killer. No target is too difficult to reach. Nothing will stand in the way of them completing their job. If you've seen any of the Jason Bourne movies, for example, you know the type of movie I'm talking about. Well, as I've watched these movies, there are some subtexts that I think is why I like them, and they relate, you guessed it, to photography. So stick with me, and I'll explain the connections I draw between photography and those John Wick types. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend on social media, with your camera club, and if you can, please leave a rating for the podcast. Current ratings help other photographers find out about the show iPhone and Mac OS users, you can rate directly in the Apple Podcasts app, find the podcast in your library, scroll down, you can tap a rating. If you're on the web or on an Android device, you can leave a rating at podchaser.com, links in the show notes. So these assassin movies I like, there are some commonalities across the ones that I really enjoy. There's usually some level of organization involved, you know, a government or a shadow agency or a well-organized underworld. There's a set of rules or directives for the assassin. Now, we're talking about killing in these movies, so there's no moral high ground or moral code per se, but there is some order by which these villains operate. It's not just a free-for-all type of situation. You know, targets are selected for whatever reason. Assignments are doled out, you know, that kind of thing. And also the protagonist, the villain, is best in class. Highly skilled, highly trained, immensely focused. And there's a human story to be told. Like in all cinema, the movies that stick with us is where, at some level, we connect with the character. We can relate to the villain or their backstory in some way, shape, or form. And hey, let's be honest, these types of movies, they're a great excuse to eat popcorn for 90 minutes. I recently re-watched some of the John Wick movies during my flights last month to the Oregon coast, and I also saw a personal favorite, The Hitman. Along the line, I asked myself, why? Why do you like this genre of film so much, these assassin movies? I let that question sit with me a bit, and I think I've begun to answer that question. And yeah, there is definitely a connection to my photography, so let's dig in here. The first theme in these types of movies is discipline and rigor. So I mentioned the movie Hitman. This one, uh, Timothy Oliphant plays this nameless assassin. He's only known as 47. And the Hitman is incredibly disciplined. Physical training for sure, hand-to-hand -hand combat, proficient with any weapon you can name, Communication is very direct, measured, very precise, as is his behavior. Cleaning and checking weapons, researching targets, committing locations and maps to memory, you know, total awareness of entrances, exits, always has multiple plans, A, B, C, D, so that he's prepared for any situation. 
And this level of rigor has parallels for me to photography in several ways. First is never-ending practice. Every step into the field with our camera is practice. We get more familiar with our gear. The more we practice, the smoother our workflow goes in the field, to the point where we can almost go on autopilot with the mechanics of our equipment and focus on the art, focus on the photo. There's also planning. We're heading into the field, we usually have a plan. At least we know how to get to the location and probably what we're going to find, some sort of pre-visualization. In my last podcast, episode 90, I talked about planning and how it's both everything and worthless and why, well, plans change once we step into the field. All bets are off regarding our plans, having backup plans, alternate ideas for a location shoot. Photographers do this kind of work. The discipline also reminds me of asset management. While many photographers enjoy post-processing, the categorizing and organizing and rating, tagging, keywording, that's less enjoyable, necessary to a degree, but to be honest, not a joyful part of photography. But we photographers do these things. We practice, we plan and replan. We slog through photo catalogs and ratings because we value the results. The discipline and the rigor deliver results. We put in the hours of field practice. We build up muscle memory with our cameras. So we get a natural, more fluid workflow in the field, and that means fewer missed photo opportunities. We prep before going into the field. We have those A, B, and C plans so we can pivot the field conditions change or present us with something that we hadn't pre-visualized. It increases chances of finding and capturing good photos. Taking the time to rate and tag images in Lightroom or Capture One or Photo Raw, it means we can find images later that we're needing quickly. Maybe it's for a personal project, client work, or just self-evaluation of your own progress as a photographer. The incremental work done with each return from the field pays dividends later. So, discipline and rigor is one connection I make between assassin movies and photography. Now, a second one. Assassins know their gear. Whatever their weapon of choice is, the assassin knows its capabilities, what it can, what it can't do, how it should operate. There's a scene in uh, the movie The Bourne Identity. So Matt Damon, he plays the titular character Jason Bourne. Clive Owen plays the professor, a secondary antagonist in the film, also a master assassin. And at one point in the movie, the two of them are pitted against one another. The professor reaches for a gun he'd previously stashed in a hidden place. Remember those plans A, B, C, and D? The professor had that down. But so did Jason Bourne, and he anticipated that. He'd emptied the gun, and the professor makes this kind of sly comment as he kind of lets the gun roll out of his hand. It felt a little light. I love that line, because the professor, he knows his gear, how a weapon should feel in his hands, and he knew something was just off. Photographers are like that with our gear, right? We get to know our cameras, our lenses. We can adjust the dials with our eyes still at the viewfinder. We can change settings in the dark without hunting for a flashlight. 
our cameras, lenses, filters, tripods, you know, all of that becomes an extension of us. And like one of these expert assassins, photographers work with a variety of gear. We'll have a variety of cameras or lenses or both in our kit, different camera bags too. Photographers have a spectrum of tools and we know the right tools for the job. And this can extend into software and post-processing as well. Many, if not most, photographers use a breadth of different editing applications because different applications excel at different tasks. We choose the right tools for the job we need to accomplish. So knowing your gear, that's another theme in these master assassin movies that rings true of photography for me. Okay, so discipline and rigor, knowing your gear. How about improvisation? improvising to solve problems. So in these villain movies, I always enjoy when an ordinary object or something that's just in the environment is used to the advantage of the assassin. They use what is around them to get their task done or to escape an otherwise inescapable scenario. And I'm thinking of the Bourne identity again. There's a scene where Jason Bourne creates this makeshift fuse to you know, see an explosion. He's turned the gas feed on a stovetop or something like that, and he rolls up this magazine, stuffs it into a toaster, presses the toaster down, that starts the heating element, and pretty soon there's going to be a spark, boom, gas ignites, explosion. Objects that were just lying around quickly put them together to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. And photographers do these types of things in the field too. Photographers are major problem solvers. One example that pops to mind, I photograph a lot of seascapes and I usually want a certain look on the water, which means neutral density filters. Sometimes I have the perfect filter for what I want. Sometimes I don't. I'll stack filters. I'll get close to the number of stops that I want. And then I can twiddle other settings like exposure compensation or ISO or aperture. I'll coax and squeeze a certain overall exposure out of the camera because it's not cost-effective to carry uh, a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way through 10 set of ND filters. But some combination of a polarizer, a 3 or a 4 stop, a 6 stop, maybe a 10 stop, and a little camera creativity, I can get what I want. Other hacks photographers use in the field. Uh, you ever prop a camera up on a rock to get a photo? or use your backpack as a makeshift camera stabilizer. Raise your hand if you've ever taken a step to the left or the right to have a tree branch filter some sunlight just so, so you can create one of those starbursts with a, a higher uh, you know, aperture number like an F16. Or use your hand or a hat to prevent lens flare. Heck, I've used my polarized sunglasses in front of an iPhone to cut glare for a mobile shot. And building on that theme for outdoor photographers, we'll also use the weather to our advantage. We make the types of photos that we can given present conditions. It's kind of like a keto, you know, you can, sometimes it feels nature is a little bit like an opponent. Well, work with the energy of your opponent and get the results you want as opposed to trying to fight that energy head on. And field improvisation intersects with discipline. Remember how those assassins have plans, alternate plans, backup plans, escape routes. We photographers do the same thing. We have our plan A, usually the happy path. All things go how we want them to go. 
And then we have alternatives. So when we get presented with an obstacle, some pre-planning helps you pivot, helps you improvise. So that's the third connection between assassins and photographers, the ability to improvise. And I've got one more for you. This one's my favorite. Revealing the unseen world. Some of the most enjoyable assassin villain movies reveal a secret world. There's like this shadow world that is invisible to most until you're shown it. I really like the John Wick films with Keanu Reeves, especially on this unseen world. The John Wick series of movies spends a lot of time fleshing out this underworld that Wick and so many others are a part of. It has its own rules, its own code of conduct, its own currency. There are special residents. There's like even a phone switchboard. You know, the list goes on and on of all the things that this underworld has. And as these films progress, the audience is shown this different world. We get a taste. A little bit here, a little bit there. More and more of this shadow world is revealed And the film is our guide. As the observer, we get to be shepherded through this very vast and far-reaching underworld, a world that we'd otherwise be oblivious to. Well, doesn't that sound like what photographers strive to do? Don't we try to reveal what is hidden to most people? Show what lives beneath the surface of what most people see? There's this world hiding in plain sight, and we photographers can reveal it with our cameras. I'm sure you've experienced seeing a photo from a place you've been, maybe a place you've been with the photographer sharing the photo, and you go, wow, I didn't see that when I was there. So that is a long-winded answer to the question, why do I like these super assassin movies so much? I think it's because on several levels, They connect to the photographer in me or to the things photographers do in the pursuit of our photos. There's the rigor and discipline to build and refine our craft, the need to know our gear so we choose the right tool for the right job, the need to improvise in the field because plans can and do change, and the ultimate goal to reveal the unseen world, using our cameras to show others something they might not have seen. And that last one revealing what's otherwise not seen, when you can achieve that, that is a sweet thing. I thought about titling this episode of the podcast, Four Ways Photographers Are Like Assassins, and that would raise some eyebrows, probably raise the podcast downloads, but it just felt a little bit too clickbaity for me. And I'm sure there aren't just four As I worked on this podcast, I realized there's another theme in these super assassin movies that applies to photography. Well, at least landscape photography and wildlife photography, and that's patience. Landscape photographers wait for the light, wait for the right conditions, the perfect position of the clouds, that perfect gust of wind, the perfect ocean wave, and wildlife photographers wait for an elusive animal to show its head for just a moment or a bird to take flight or swoop down on its prey. Just like those super assassins waiting for that one moment when their target is exposed and vulnerable, photography takes a lot of patience and a lot of endurance in some cases. That's that's another theme, a lot of endurance. Well, now I'm in the mood for 
another assassin movie. So if you've got a suggestion for one, shoot me a message using the contact form on stopdownpodcast.com. Let me know what your favorite one is. And if I haven't seen it, I'll add it to my list. Before I sign off this week, thanks as always to everyone that supports the show. First and foremost, the members of our Patreon community. It is your monthly pledges that keep the podcast going. You make this podcast possible, and I am very grateful for your support. Thanks also to those that share the podcast to their social media feeds with their camera clubs, make comments on the post, add reviews, add ratings. That's one of just many zero-cost ways you can support the show. And if you're interested in learning about more ways you can support this podcast, check the show notes. If you're on the web, there's a support the show button on every page of Stop Down Podcast where you can learn more. And that'll do it for me this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun.